Welcome to Greenhouse Grower to Grower, the podcast where we talk to growers from across the greenhouse industry about market trends, innovation, their biggest challenges and opportunities, and more. I'm Brian Sparks, editor of Greenhouse Grower. If you've listened to past episodes of our podcast, you've noticed that most of our guests have been from larger greenhouse operations. We wanted to take a different approach this time and share the story of Urban Bud City Grown Flowers, a St. Louis-based company that emerged from the shell of an abandoned greenhouse to become a favorite supplier of cut flowers in their community. I recently spoke with Mimo Davis, who co-founded Urban Buds with Miranda Dushak. We had a lively conversation about her path from social work to floriculture, how the company emerged from the COVID-19 pandemic stronger than ever, and a lot more. Here's our conversation. Why don't we get started by just talking about Urban Buds, you know, how and why the company was formed and you know, kind of what your goals are, who your primary customer base is. Yeah, so Urban Buds was, uh, we actually found the property and bought it in 2012. Um, this was, and we didn't know, have any of this information, but um, it has an old glass greenhouse that was condemned and vandalized right here in the city of St. Louis. Oh wow! I mean, when we when we first saw it and walked into it, literally glass was crunching under our feet. You know, it had been abandoned for like nine years, and you know, so it became a party spot for kids, and glass panes were broken everywhere, and it was really in the dilapidated condition. And okay. um, but when I walked into it for the first time, I immediately saw what we have today here. Um which is uh, we have one glass greenhouse and one, two, three um, high tunnels. Um, two of those high tunnels are heated. And um, we sit on an acre lot. We have acre, we have an acre um, okay. here in, in production in this heart of St. Louis, right in the city. It's a very residential neighborhood. We have neighbors directly across the street. But what's interesting about this property is that it dates back to um the late 1800s wow. it was it was always a flower farm okay so you know it's like what what's old is new so what happened was um and the city literally grew up around it mm -hmm. and we bought the last remaining piece really? of it i mean li it literally the city grew up around it we captured the last remaining piece okay. um yeah, so after we bought it, we found out all this history that it actually, it was called Held's Flores. And <laughs> it's really funny because their, uh, you know, their tagline was go to Held's Flores, right? <laughs> um, and um, so it has this really rich history. Um, they used to grow the flowers here as a lot of old, a lot of those old, old growers used to do, you know, um, mm -hmm. and, and sell to the St. Louis community. And um, they gave it up in the late 90s, I think. And okay. it changed hands a couple of times and then it just got condemned. Um, so when we took it over, um, there was just the greenhouse and some land. And uh, we put up all the high tunnels and um, have progressively um, grown the business. We sell, sell about 80 varieties of cut flowers okay. and um, year round. And we do winter production. We believe it's really important for us as cut flower growers um, to do season extension work. Because if you think of all the major floral holidays, you know, 
Yeah. When are they? You know, <laughs> and um, if we didn't um, do season extension, we would our, our we would enter the marketplace around June, mm -hmm. right? And that is basically when all those big events are over. You yeah. know, if you think about it, you know, it starts with Valentine's Day and then it goes into all the other holidays, you know, Mother's Day, Easter. They're all, you know, before June, you yeah. know. So it just made sense for us to uh, that's a lot of money to leave on the table. Right. And um, it, it and I love winter growing and um, it's one of my favorites. Right now we have blooming uh, freesia, ranunculus, anemones. Um, eucalyptus, tulips. Wow. Um, what else is out there? Yeah, that's just a little bit of what, what's going on. Um, okay. So, uh, you know, we just, uh, it's really interesting because we're, you know, we're doing this on a really small scale, yeah. intensive, <clears throat> excuse me, very intensive growing methods. Right. <clears throat> and this works for cut flowers because we plant flowers are planted so intensively you know so that they can you know we plant really closely and that gives us a straight erect stem um that we really need for our industry oh, before we go any further i do want to take a step back just a little bit and talk about your own background and then how that contributed to the formation of the company and especially i know you've got involvement with the association especially cut flower growers how that ties in as well yeah my own background. Wow. Okay. So you ready for it? Um, oh, yeah. I was uh, actually a social worker in New York City. Okay. Um, work Working with street kids. Knew nothing about growing plants. Zero. I mean, zero in 1989. And, um, and uh, basically, my mother started dating a guy in Missouri <laughs> who, uh, and I was living in a studio apartment. Paying $1,500 a month, living the great life, you know, walking out the door. I was that girl, you know, that, you know, <laughs> Marlo Thomas in New York City. So, um, and, uh, and my mom started dating this guy and she told him that she liked plants, that she loved plants, but yeah. she traveled a lot. She really meant like a pot though, sitting in a pot on a, on a desk. Okay. That's what she really meant. Right. So they got married and my mom was going to move from New York City to Jefferson City, Missouri. And as a wedding present, he bought her a house that had, you know, from a master gardener that had 132 rose bushes in the backyard. Oh, wow. And a lean-to, a lean-to greenhouse attached to the house that was packed with plants. Okay. Mm -hmm. I flew out for the wedding and um and my I'll never I'll never forget it. My mom grabbed my hand and she walked me into the greenhouse. In that little lean-to greenhouse, and she said, "I don't know what any of this stuff is, but don't let anything die because I was going to house it for them while they went on their honeymoon. I was going to stay there for the week, you know." Yeah. And I and I hadn't got my mom a wedding present yet, and so what I did that week was that I broke off little leaves of everything and I drove around to nurseries to try and make my mom a little scrapbook and identifying what um what the plants were right. to help her along after I left in that week I totally fell in love with I didn't have a name for it I had agriculture floral culture I don't know what this is but <laughs> wow I'm so into it you know and um and while I was in Missouri I got a newspaper and I looked at the real estate 
And for what I was paying in rent in New York City in 1989, I could buy a farm, 15-acre farm with a house on it, okay? <laughs> for I go from a studio apartment to a 15-acre farm with a house on it. I was like, a okay. Bit of a change, yeah. I, I was like, okay. And I did it. And, mm -hmm. and I I did not know anything about what I was doing. Absolutely nothing. Okay. But but it was a major, you know, it was in my 30s. It was a major, you know, you know, what what is that called? The uh midlife crisis, right? Oh yeah. And um, and I did this thing. I mean, all my friends in New York were like wanting to do interventions on me. They were like, Are you okay? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so um yeah, so then uh so then I, you know, didn't know anything. I didn't know that I could go, you know, wolf on a, be a wolfer on a farm somewhere. I didn't know that there weren't workshops then. We're talking about 1989. And there weren't yeah. all these opportunities to learn. The only way I knew to learn was to retool myself by education. Mm -hmm. So I went back to school <laughs> and um, and got a d degree in plant and soil science. Okay. And and while working there, I while going to school there, um, a person came to a classroom and did a lecture and I was like, I'm not learning anything that I want to learn here in this educational institution, but here's this guy who has this plant nursery and um, long story short, I, I I talked to him after the class and he hired me. Nice. I, I worked for him. It was a Missouri, a wild, a, a Missouri wildflower nursery, Mervyn okay. Wallace there. And he was such a mentor to me. I was there um, for like four years with him. Okay. And every day he would give me a flat of plants. He said, "Go, go, put, go plant this on your farm," and um, and I did. And so four years later, I was doing this stuff like making little bouquets for friends' birthdays, and um, and, and you know, just making bouquets for friends, no big deal. Right. And then um. In the fifth year, I drove up Merv's driveway and he was like, you know what? Taught you all I can. You don't need me. You need to go do something with your farm. Huh. And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> and um, so that year I started in the uh, Columbia Farmer's Market. Okay. Um, and selling cut flowers. And, mm. you know, then, uh, and nobody was doing this. It, it, it was no, this is, this is 30 years ago, okay? Right. I mean, it was, I mean, some people were doing it, but, you know, in Missouri, mid-Missouri, it wasn't a big thing, you know? Um, so then I did a bucket truck and I drove around to florist shops. Mm -hmm. I did the farmer's market. I did, uh, and I did, drove around and, and sold wholesale to florists. Okay. Um, and then I started to come into the city. I was two hours outside of um, St. Louis and mm -hmm. I started to come into the city and, and I had a staff. I was running then four acres of cup flowers. Okay. And um, I had a staff and I was doing it alone. And wow, it just wasn't uh, sustainable for me. I was driving into St. Louis two hours one way. Um, and I hadn't even made a sale, you know, yet. And huh. I was getting up at, you know, three o'clock in the morning to get make it to farmer's market on time. And it, it was just wasn't sustainable. I was, sure. I was. I ended up in a ditch, you know, because I fell asleep and, you know, so um, by that time I had gotten a little bit, people started to know about me a little bit. And I um, started to, in the winter, do the conference circuit and people would ask me to speak 
mm-hmm. on cut flowers. And um, I was in North Carolina and they were like, hey, you know, we need more African-American women um, in this industry. Have you thought about, you know, getting some letters behind your name? You know, and okay. I'm like, well, no, I hadn't really thought about it. But I was a little burnt out and I still had the um, farm. Right. And, it, it, you know, and I rented it out. And I went and I took a break and went and got my master's. The program was really to go on to get a PhD. But after my master's, I was like, you know, I'm a farmer. (laughs) 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 No, no, no. We're going to stop here. You know, and and um, so then I I came back to St. I came back to St. Louis and um, a job opened up working with Cooperative Extension I got this job working in the urban core as a, a specialist, an urban ag specialist. Yeah. Um, helping people set up community gardens and blah, blah, blah. And I, and that was great. I was still getting my hands in the dirt, but I was a cut flower farmer. Hmm. And, and I still wasn't really happy. And so one of my coworkers, I met one of my coworkers who also wanted to farm. And I was like, wow, okay, you want to farm? I want to farm. Why don't we farm? And, but I didn't want to go back to my farm that I still owned, right? Right. And through her work in extension, someone called and said, hey, there's this old greenhouse in the city. It's been dilapidated, condemned. Do you know anybody who wants to buy it? Because yeah. we kept talking about how we were going to farm, but I didn't want to go back out to the farm. I didn't, right. didn't want to be that far away. So the St. Louis is where the marketplace was, and this is where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, condemned and vandalized, literally. I mean, we broke into the place, you know, <laughs> to come see it. I mean, we could just walk in here. Um, and immediately I was like, saw the vision. Mm-hmm. Immediately. And my business partner now, Miranda, and I, um, neither one of us had any kind of building experience, plumbing, like, what, what, what? You know, <laughs> we knew nothing about what we were doing. Right. Um, and we took a huge leap of faith and uh, said, we're going to learn. And uh, we found people to help us and move it along. And we wrote several grants, especially all of our tie tunnels are on a, it came from a specialty crop block grant okay. from the uh, USDA. Yeah. Um, so we see this as kind of our experimental farm. You know, we're always trialing something. Um, and uh, yeah, that's how. That's a long story, but that's how I got here. I got it. I mean, that's so amazing that you walk into something and just just to see the beauty in something that probably at the time just looks so dilapidated and worn down. But, you know, you've got a vision for, you know, we can do something with this. That's really amazing. I saw it immediately, you know, and it was in the, the little spot here. Um, the original spot that we bought has this land that has never had a house on it you know in the city when you farm you know you have to think of certain considerations right and this was virgin land right so you know that was a huge thing with the glass greenhouse and i just saw what exactly what we have today back in 2012 and um and so we've we've been you know plotting along we sell now uh during the you know we originally sold the you know the floors in the st louis area and um it's great because I stopped doing the bucket truck and uh, and they can they they go to the wholesaler so they pick up here too right I yeah. mean I'm in the city so I don't have to do the bucket truck anymore they pick it up off the farm um, 
And then the pandemic happened. So we were doing Tower Grove Farmer's Market here in St. Louis. Um, we called it our three-legged stool of sustainability. Okay. The farmer's market, the um, weddings and events, and and then we had a third. I forgot what the third was. Hmm. Um, we had a third. I don't even remember what it was. Um, then the pandemic happened, right? And yep. so the weddings, the weddings were gone. And oh, we so director floors, the weddings, and the market. Those are the three legs of sustainability. Okay. Um, because we didn't want to ever put our all of our eggs in one basket, right? right. Yeah. And, not, um, yeah. And um, but then the pandemic happened, and I was like, and I was hearing things about it, and like I said, we had stopped the bucket truck. Um, and floors were picking up here, but I was hearing these rumors that the city was going to shut down, and I was like, what? What are we talking about? Yeah. So I was curious and I loaded up my truck with the flowers and I was like, hey, I'm going to drive around this week so that I could see my floors, you know, what what what's going on. And that day. I think I sold twelve dollars in flowers huh. and they look like deer in the headlights. Wow. You know, and um, so I came home with the. uh so I was, you know, driving home and I was like, okay, at least we have the farmer's market. You know, yeah. they're not going to close that. And um, I came home and Miranda met me in the driveway and she said, hey, I just got a letter from the market that they're closing the market. Oh, boy. And at that time, you know, this is March, right? And I said, we do season extension. So our greenhouses are swelling with Prada, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, tulips. Anemones, ranunculus, all of the stuff. I mean, they are ready to go. And um, they closed up. And so our weddings were gone. The market was gone. And um, our floors were gone. Oh, wow. And we and we were sitting here with all this product. Yeah. And I and I, I hire young millennials, right? Okay. So <laughs> I we set the staff down. Miranda and I set the staff down. And I was like, look, there's no secret bank account. There's, you know, no parents to call. Yeah. The only way this business operates, the only way we stay in this is by selling these flowers. Mm -hmm. And they, my staff, that day got online and opened up our online store. Oh, wow. Okay, great. Okay? Yeah. And, and our farmer's market customers, oh, my God, they, you know, the order, you know, $30 bouquet at farmer's market became a $150 order. Huh. Because they were they were home alone, right? Yeah. They, they were home. They couldn't go out to dinner. They couldn't go to the movies. They couldn't travel. And they were freaked out. So they would say, I'm going to get some flowers and I'm going to get some for Betty Sue too, you know, because she's depressed, right? So, I mean, and the, the letters that were left in our buckets from our customers, they gave us gift cards. Huh. Hey, you you you're really getting us through this pandemic. This yeah. is wonderful. And so we we started this business called um Petals Off Our Porch. Okay. It was a contactless pickup where they could just pull the car up, jump out, and grab their bouquet, which was on a stand that we had made in front of the shop. Right. Okay. They had a pickup time and they just pull up, pick it up, and we'd wave through them <laughs> through the window. Yeah. Um yeah. And the the notes and the love and the gift cards and the oh my goodness, 
I mean, it's overwhelming. Our our farmers market community mm-hmm. got us through that pandemic. Wow. You know, the market eventually opened because then there was that, you know, essentials, you know, they, they were considered essential um, because people have to get food and it was yeah. outdoor market. And so it eventually reopened. But that online store continues to this day. I mean, I, I, I mean, I remember covering this market back, you know, then w- when the pandemic was first, you know, really g- getting into high gear and just the ability for, you know, I'll say a smaller operation like yours to be able to pivot quickly, you know, was amazing. I mean, that kept so many companies in business. Where, I mean, you said you've got plants that are sitting in the greenhouse, and that's your income. You you can't afford to just let them go to waste. And you know, right. all the growers are trying to figure out, okay, you know what am I going to do if my entire customer base, for example, is independent garden centers who I can't sell to right now, you know, that, that ability, you know, at somebody of the scale such as yours to be able to pivot is really important. I think. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it was amazing. It was, and I mean, you know, we send that we have an email uh, newsletter that goes every week and man, when we send out that email newsletter, I just hear dings on the phone. Ding, ding, <laughs> ding, ding. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it's still working. I mean, we still, we've kept our online sales for sure. Yeah. Um, and we still do the Tower Grove Farmer's Market. We don't sell to florists that much because um, during the pandemic, our customer base boomed. Right. 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 And so it didn't make, we were selling out Farmer's Market and trying to do the wholesale and so, you know, the wholesale market was taking a lot of the flowers we were selling out at retail. Right. And that didn't make any sense mm-hmm. that we could sell. We do still sell to a couple of floors, but it's mostly uh, uh, retail. Okay. So what's your biggest market share right now then? Is, is, is it the online? Is it the farm market or? Farmer's market. Um, okay. Right now, because it's winter, it's the online sales. Mm-hmm. In the summer, it's the farmer's market. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's such an amazing story of resilience to be able to to get to where you are today. Um, um, so, I mean, our community in St. Louis is a phenomenal. I mean, okay. just, yeah. So when you look at where you are as a company today, so, you know, w- w- what are the big things that you're working on now as you get into 2024 and, you know, your plans for the upcoming year then? Um, well, we're moving into, into workshops. Um, Uh, It's something we did early on before the pandemic. And now this will be our first year that we're turning, turning back to workshops and um, teaching others how to do what we've done here. Yeah. Um, And we're really excited about our work, our upcoming workshops. Um, um, We have Susan McCleary of Passion Flower Sue coming in. That's going to do a big workshop today workshop. So we're doing workshops to teach people um, floristry and, Floriculture. Okay. Okay. You know, you, you mentioned earlier, you know, essentially almost having to learn this industry from scratch, really. So I wonder how that translates to today, then. What do you do? What does Brandon do? What does your company do to, to keep up with you know, the latest information, not just on floriculture, you know, as a science or an industry, but then running a floriculture type business? Uh, I'm the vice president of the association of specialty cut flower growers mm-hmm. and we had our annual conference this past fall and it was here. Yay. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a big conference of yeah. foreign, you know, the association has 2000 um, cl- member, 2000 plus members. And, um, and 
So in the in the conference uh, travels every year to different places, and we got picked, and uh, <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. Um, and and so the conferences keep us up to date. The AFCFG is a wonderful organization, mm-hmm. a very supportive. I mean, I don't know where I would be without that organization. Really, okay. um, I I went to my first conference early on years ago, thirty years ago, and that conference put me three years ahead of what I learned at that conference put me, I believe three years ahead of where I would have been. Wow. You know? um, so yeah, I mean, the guy um, at my very first conference, we were talking in the bar and, you know, everybody goes to the bar after the sessions and yep. we're talking at the bar and he was like, who are you? And cause I went to the grower school and I just, I couldn't believe it. I was in a room with all these people just like me. I never knew that this existed. And then my hand kept popping up. And so he asked, he said, who are you? Tell me about you. And I told him a little bit about me. And then um, he got a bar napkin out and he wrote Lizzyanthus across the top of it. And every step I needed to do to grow that crop. I had oh, my wow. first greenhouse and, um, and I, you know, I was early on, I was in my maybe second year. And I was used to making like $300 at a farmer's market. Da, da, da. You know, I followed those instructions. And that year, that summer, I made $5,000 on a hundred foot bed. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and I, that would have never have happened if I didn't have the association as the, my rock yeah. in this industry. And it, it's really how I stay in, in tune of what's going on. I follow, um, other, you know, influencers on Instagram that I really respect and mm-hmm. admire. Um, yeah, that's how I kind of stay current. It, we it's stay amazing. current. That, that, that connection to growers, I would imagine, too, just to various sizes. I mean, you're, you know, you could be talking with somebody across the country who's, you know, 10 times right. the scale that you are. But there's something right. that I would imagine you can each learn from each other. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I was really nervous, you know, to have all these big growers from across the country come in to see my little one acre farm. You know, <laughs> you know I mean, I mean, our farm is as big as some of their front lawns. OK, I mean, yeah. you know, so, I, you know, but man, we do learn from each other, no matter the size. The mm. size is, is not the relevance. It's it's the growing practices that is right. Mm. So. So, yeah, it, it, it's really an amazing organization. Okay. Um, as you've gotten to this point, what would you say are some of the biggest or most important lessons that you've learned along the way? Again, again, both tied to growing plants, but then also the process of running a business. Only commit to what you're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Start small. You know, what you put forth to the public it, it is memorable. You know, I mean, they don't forget, you know, and, and um, so start small, know what you're doing. You know, I, I really don't believe like first year flower farmers are like, I want to sell the florist. It's like, no, why don't you just grow a year? <laughs> start off small, you know, try to do a farmer's market because there's really no commitment there. Right. Yeah. Florists need, florists need consistency. You know, the more consistent you are with the florist, the more dependable, the, the more dependable you are with the florist, the more dependent they become on you, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, start off small is, is a big one. Um, don't make commitments that you can't fulfill. Um, don't don't sell junk. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
yeah, you know, those are a few. What else as a business owner? Yeah, just just don't jump ahead of yourself financially. Mm. Um, we took out no loans, okay. zero loans for Smart. our rehab. We both were working for extension, like I said, and we we took a thousand dollars each each month out of our paycheck and did a little bit more and did a little bit more and did a little bit more until we have what we have today. You know, um, you know, really reach out build your team. And when I say that, I mean, from your tax accountant, you know, to your barber, they, you need to have all those people on your team and, yeah. and, and everybody wants to be on a winning team. Right. So yeah. everybody, you know, our USDA people, you know, they, when they come for a site visit, they're like, wow, you guys really did it. This is really cool. Da, 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 da. Wow. This is amazing. I mean, Everybody wants to be on a winning team. So just build your team, you know, that are outside of the farm, right? On on my team is the alderman who lives a half a block up the road, mm -hmm. um, who, you know, runs city government, is part of city government, you know, our tax accountant, our plumber, our, you know, our heating and cooling people, you know, they are, you know, on speed dial, right? I mean, and they know when I call that I'm not calling the, you know, <laughs> the chat, right? Yeah. I mean, so they know and they come, you know, because they're like, think this. And we, we send it, we send them home flowers for their wives, our plumbers and our garbage people. We gave um, Valentine's. Um, we gave our garbage collector a bouquet. I still get choked up about it. But um, he was like, wow, we haven't seen you all around it for quite some. Miranda gave him the bouquet and we haven't seen you all around in, in, in a while. And um he was like, oh, thank you for these flowers. My wife died, you know, like oh a month ago. And I'm going to take these to her grave. It was on yeah. Valentine's, you know, it was just, oh my God. You know, I mean, just, you know, it's everybody's on the team. Yeah. Well, and you again, know? going back to the time during the pandemic, I would have, you know, those personal connections that you make, I mean, just on that personal level that you just mentioned, I mean, that's critical and that could, you know, really make somebody's day. I would think also too, just, you know, as, as we, Get, we're navigating through the pandemic and dealing with you know things like supply chain issues just having those consistent relationships and close contacts with both your customers and your vendors is also got to be important absolutely absolutely so important it's just you know and, and that's that's really what's kept us going is the support of our community the support yeah. of our team the support of our staff you know it's 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 a lot to run this it's it's not you know, even as small as we are, um, it's a lot of people who yeah. make this thing go round, you know? Yeah. Well, and two, I would think as, as you're selling, you know, directly to consumers at farmer's markets, that ability to be able to talk directly with your end consumer and get an idea of what they're looking for. And if they want this, you know, can be, we don't have this now, but is this something we should be doing to try and get this so that we can provide that to our, uh, to our customer then? Right. Hey, hey, there's so many, I read, um, you know, on Instagram, on flower forums, you know, people are like, my customer at Farmer's Market today asked me if I grew all of these. What a stupid question. It's like, <laughs> no, that's not a stupid question. That's the opportunity for you to step into the conversation. Yeah. You know, that's that. Yeah, we can grow these flowers. We're two miles up the road. You know, on Tennessee Avenue, we have a, you know, acre flower for, I mean, that's a, that's an opening for a conversation. Yeah. about local and sustainable and all that stuff you know so you know you got to be a certain person 
to be able to be in this retail business. I think mm -hmm. you really need to know yourself and really be a people person, be able to, you know, step out at least with, you know, I think growing anything really, it doesn't really matter. You got to be able to communicate. Yeah. Well, speaking of, of of growing, I mean, as you look ahead, I mean, are there any plans in the works? For, and I love the name Urban Buds, by the way. That's a, that's such a great name for a company. It's so funny. I'll tell you, we named it Urban Buds. And then, um, you know, when cannabis started to blow up, mm -hmm. people were hey, calling us, hey, you got any Hawaiian gold? You know, we're like, uh, what? <laughs> and we had we kind of put that we changed the name. So we went from Urban Buds, colon, City Grown Flowers. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know that some people have a clearer idea, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. Thank you for the yeah. We love the name. Sure. So the, I mean, as you look ahead, I mean, uh, do you have any plans for further growth, either with you know expanding customer base? Okay, okay. Expanding the customer base, yes. Growing the farm, no. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're gonna stay right where we are for a while. We have yeah. done a lot, a lot of expansion. You know, every year we put up a tunnel, and okay. you know. And and wrote a grant or did something. And no, we're putting our energy into now building more of that customer base through our workshops, through our sales, through our marketing. You know, um, yeah. I know you hear today that building a team is so important and so much of a challenge because, you know, people tend to be, especially young people, as you talk about, are moving a lot from one job to another. What do you do to kind of ensure that that team stays with you and, and is happy to keep coming back? Yeah, um, I like to find out what their interests are, mm. right? So I've never, ever in my life been interested in weddings, okay? That's not me. I've never wanted to do weddings. And um, yeah, I'm just not the person to look at your swatch. I don't have time for that. I don't right. have patience. Um, and I had an employee who was like, I want to do the weddings. And I was like, and he'd been here a couple of years and, you know, I was looking for ways to keep him engaged. Yeah. And he was here for eight years doing weddings, right. Doing all of our weddings. And he just now, um, last December opened up his own floral shop up the street. Wow. So yeah, it, you know, I mean, and he had been here for eight years. Um, all it's interesting because all of my crew are interested in coming back this year. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. So um, I think that is um, just finding out what their interests are, you know, not seeing them as human beings with families and lives and and um, knowing that it's hot in the summer. And, you know, you got to be take that into consideration on yeah. speed and, and what they're doing and um, just caring for them, you know, like human beings. And um yeah, and I our head crew leader now, he's been here I think three years. Three okay. years. Um so and people love this work. It's who doesn't like being among the flowers? Um yeah. but it's brutal. It's hot, it's buggy, it's you know, it's not the dream light. We you know, I see these pictures of bicycles in these flower fields, you know. We've never had a bicycle in the field, okay? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I mean it it's it's brutal work. Yeah, You know, um, we start early because flowers like to be harvested early in the morning. Um, it's just how things roll. Mm -hmm. You know, the final question I have is, as you look ahead, what excites you the most about the future of this industry that you're in? It, since the pandemic, it has boomed. 
It is. You know, when I started 30 years ago, people were like, well, what's this stuff you have on this truck? You know, what what is this? What what do you mean you grew these flowers? Uh, you know, and and now people look for local flowers. They look mm. for local. It's local as it's in. It has become a big thing, and this industry is booming. And I just love all these new growers coming into this industry and trying it out. You know, I mean, a lot of people have dreams. They're they're following their dreams, and they may not work out. You know, you some people roll in and then roll out because they realize it's not the bicycle in the field that they thought it was. Um, that it's actual really hard work. But uh, yeah, the boom the that local flowers are really coming into their being, you know, and uh, I love that. Thanks for joining us. You can learn more at greenhousegrower.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen, and please leave us a rating as it helps other podcast listeners find the show. 